Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining Jewish Stories and More. Today we are going to hear an amazing story about a hike in Red River Gorge. And we're going to see that it's actually very much connected to the Beis HaMikdash. So here goes. Red River Gorge is called the Grand Canyon of the East. Because just like the Grand Canyon is a deep and wide gorge in the earth, so too Red River Gorge, it's much smaller than the Grand Canyon, but it is a gorge in the earth, and at the bottom there is a river. It's kind of like a miniature Grand Canyon. It's also much more wooded, quite different, but it is in a mountainous area, hills at least, and it is a very, very deep gorge in the earth. So, one time, my wife and I were taking a day or two off, a couple of days off. It was actually a gift of our children to stay in a cabin in um, the area of Red River Gorge. And so, of course, we took a hike down into the Red River Gorge. I always try to carry my tefillin with me wherever I go. Of course, if it's not Shabbos. So that in case I should happen to meet somebody, I would be able to help them put on tefillin. Jewish man. So, I took my tefillin with me on this hike down to Red River Gorge also. Maybe it took us 45 minutes, an hour to get to the bottom. And lo and behold there were a couple of guys that were also hiking down there. So, of course, I asked them, are they Jewish? And one of them was. And we talked a little bit, and I offered to put on tefillin with him. He had never seen tefillin. He had never heard of tefillin. He said he was definitely Jewish. His mother was Jewish. But tefillin he never heard of. So I said, great. We could do your bar mitzvah right here. We'll celebrate your bar mitzvah. We'll put on the tefillin. And he said, fine. He put on tefillin for the first time in his life. We made a little party of it. I forget exactly the details of the party, but we said, congratulations. Maybe we took some of our water and said, l'chaim. And um, that was the last time I saw him. Even though we exchanged numbers, but I never was in touch with him again, and now I don't remember where his number is, so I don't think I could call him. But what is the significance of that story? Well, here was a Jew who never had put on tefillin before. And now he had put on tefillin. Our sages tell us that somebody who has never put on tefillin, hakaft it's called, someone whose head never had tefillin on it, is in a different spiritual category. That once a person is put on tefillin even one time, they are in a much more higher spiritual category, much closer to Hashem. And so this person had the opportunity to become almost like a different person. This is a person that has 
put on tefillin one time. Now, I am quite sure that it did affect him and it will affect him throughout his life. But even if not, his tefillin experience changed his life right then and there. Now, why do you think he put on tefillin? After all, he's not familiar with the Torah, doesn't learn Torah, doesn't do mitzvahs, he's not involved with anything Jewish, virtually or maybe actually. And yet, something inside of him said, yes, I will put on tefillin. Now, it's a little bit of a strange experience for a person that's never put on tefillin. There's these black leather boxes and uh, straps. You wrap one around your arm, put this tefillin next to your heart, and then put on the one on the head with these strange knots back of the neck and on the arm. And it's quite a, uh unusual experience for the average person. Somebody who never heard of it, why in the world should they do it? And the answer is because even though the person in their everyday form, in their everyday emotions, their everyday intellect has no connection to tefillin, but inside of them is a neshama, a soul. And their soul is crying out to them, please put on the tefillin. And the shaman is crying, please, I've never put on tefillin. Please, please, let me put on tefillin. And therefore, even though it's such an unusual thing for a person to do who has never experienced it, we find that many thousands and thousands, maybe even millions of people, do agree to put on tefillin. And similarly with women, lighting Shabbos candles and other mitzvahs. And that's because of our neshama. So even though the person may be kind of in a state of spiritual destruction, they're not learning Torah, they're not doing mitzvahs, they're not involved in Judaism whatsoever. But inside their neshama is complete, their neshama is whole, their neshama is holy, and their neshama is influencing them. Now what's the connection between this story and the Beis HaMikdash? Because today the base of Mikdash is actually in ruins. There's very little of the base of Mikdash which is really the way it's supposed to be. There's a portion of a wall called the Kosel that thousands and thousands of people go to every single day. There are certain sections that are buried under the ground and some tunnels have exposed parts of them. But for the most part, the base of Mikdash is in ruins. And yet, the base of Mikdash remains a holy place. Even though physically it's in ruins, but spiritually it's whole. It's complete. Now, what makes the base of Mikdash so holy? One of the elements that makes it so holy is, of course, that Hashem chose it to be His place. That's why it's called the base of Bechira. Hashem chose it. But in addition to that, the Luchos are actually buried deep underground. I don't know if I should say buried. They were hidden in a tunnel deep underground beneath the place where they were in, in the Holy of Holies. 
So I would like to teach you a little bit about the Ara, the box which held the Luchos, the Ten Commandments. And they were buried under, they, they were placed in this tunnel deep, deep underground by one of the kings of the Jewish people, about halfway in between Shlomo Melech, who built the base of Mikdash, and the time of the base of Mikdash being destroyed, which was born in 10 years later. And this king saw that destruction was going to happen before too long, and he knew that Shlomo Melech had built a network of tunnels, secret tunnels underneath the base of Mikdash, so that if the base of Mikdash would be destroyed, the luchos could be hidden under there and a few other valuable items, especially valuable items. So because the luchas are under there, that is also part of the reason why the base of Mikdash today remains holy. How holy are the luchas and the aron? So our Chacham tell us that they took up space, but they could not be measured. That is, if you would measure the Aaron, you would see that it had a certain measure. And yet, if you would go into the Kodesh Kodashim, the Holy of Holies, and measure from the wall on one side until the Aaron, and the wall from the other side until the Aaron, it would show that the Aaron took up no space. So on the one hand, it was in our world, on the other hand, it was above our world. And this is the same thing with the Jewish soul, with the neshama. That the neshama is within the Jewish person, but it's also beyond the Jewish person. So that if a person has no connection to Judaism, that is a Jewish person has no connection to keeping Torah and mitzvahs, but nevertheless they have that neshama inside of them. And similarly, even though the base of Mikdash is in ruins, but it has, so to speak, its neshama, that is the luchos, the Ten Commandments and the Aaron, which are hidden underneath. And that brings holiness to the base of Mikdash. And so, by learning about Mashiach and Geula, and especially at this time of year, learning about the Vesa Mikdash, you will quicken the time that the Vesa Mikdash will be rebuilt. And just like that young man who all of a sudden had an opportunity to put on tefillin, and he did, he became a different kind of a Jew as a result, so too, by learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, and especially learning about Mashiach and Geula, and right now especially by learning about the Vesa Mikdash, it will quicken the time until Mashiach will come, and the Vesa Mikdash may it happen immediately. Thank you so much for joining Jewish Stories and More, and I hope that you also will learn about the Vesa Mikdash, especially during this time. It's then considered as if we are rebuilding the base of Mikdash. Thank you so much for joining Jewish Stories and more.